If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 28. And the things I've seen this past week, uh, I want to preach on the tragedy of a wasted life. The tragedy of a wasted life. And uh, I'm starting to see that more and more. And, uh, and, it, and it burdens me. Uh, and I believe that God is speaking to people's hearts tonight, uh, trying to lead you in a direction that you need to go. And uh, if you know anything about the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 28, we're, we're talking about Saul. Uh, I got to thinking there's a lot of lives I could have looked at in the Bible for a tragedy, and certainly there are several of them. But Saul, if you look at Saul's life, at the end of it, you would say that life was nothing but a tragedy. And, and I find that a lot of people's lives are starting to wind up like Saul did because a lot of situations, a lot of things they did in their life, and they ended up the way Saul ended up. Saul, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 9. I don't, I'm not going to read the whole thing because you know you should know the story. And Saul, uh, he, he starting in the first part of chapter 28, he, he, they're surrounded by the Philistines. The Philistines are digging in. They gather the troops together, and they're going to make war with Israel. And you know Samuel has died here. Saul is on his own. He's got to make decisions. The Bible said he was so afraid. He was scared. He, he needed a word from God. He said even, the Bible said he even sought the Lord and could not find him. He prayed and could not hear from him. And he searched all kinds of ways and went every way he could. Uh, but the Bible said the Lord had, had, had departed from him. What a sad place in life to live that God has departed from you. So he's trying to find answers. And we'll pick it up, chapter 28, verse number 9. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he had cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then thou layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. And I love what Saul says here. And Saul swear to her by the Lord, the one who departed from him, the one that he can't get an answer from, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen unto thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, unto, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice, and the woman spake to Saul, saying, thou hast, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what, thou, what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is the covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and stooped by his, with his face to the ground, and bowed himself. Now, from here on out, there's a lot of different versions, a lot of different thoughts. You wait till after we get finished, we'll talk about them. You got your thought, I've got my thought. We'll just leave it at that. We'll just read what the Word of God says. And Samuel said unto Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me, and answer me not no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Wherefore I have called thee 
that thou mayest make known unto me what shall I do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then thou doest, thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thy enemy. And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of the, thy hand, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executed his fierce wrath upon the Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with thee, and the Lord shall deliver the host of Israel into the land of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway along all alone on the earth, and he was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day nor the night. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Just ask you to touch our hearts, open, open our minds, Lord, to receive your word. Lord, it is a tragedy for a life to be lost without you. Lord, we pray that we can uh, help someone, be a light to someone in this world, Lord, that they don't end up where Saul ended up. We give praise you, we glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Like I said at the beginning of the chapter, the Philistines had gathered their armies together, and Samuel's now dead, and Saul saw the armies and he was afraid. So Saul inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him not. The Bible said he answered him by, neither by dreams nor urine, or, which is the garments of priests wore reflected the lights, or by prophets. So Saul sought out a familiar spirit which God had forbidden. Saul had cast them out of the land. But Saul was looking for the answers in all the wrong places. And I feel that's what a lot of people do today. Saul disguised himself and when he went, in, went to that witch of Endor, and, and she thought it was a trap. But Saul promised uh, an immunity to her. She asked him, that, shall I bring up? And she said, Samuel. She said, this is a trap. And Saul uh, reassures her that nothing will happen to her. He was rebuked for his disobedience and warning of him as an immediate, immediate defeat of the death. Saul was deeply shaken. He, he fell into the, to the ground and realizing the gravity of his situation. And looking at Saul's life and at the way that it began, it started out good. He was chosen as the king, the first king of Israel. But the way it ended, it ended in a tragedy. Really a wasted life. At times, Saul seems to have his head on his shoulders doing exactly what God wanted him to do. What he was supposed to be doing. But then there are times that Saul had completely done opposite what God wanted him to do in his life. God sent an evil spirit to torment Saul for his disobedience. Saul was given a lot of opportunities in life, but he acted and reacted in the wrong way. So looking at Saul's life tonight as a tragedy of a wasted life. You see the wasted potential that Saul had. Think about this young man 
Uh, he, he was thinking about he, he was selected and set apart to become king of Israel. He began well in his younger years. But it's sad how he ended up. Sad how he ended up tonight. Each and every one of us are given the opportunity to make the right decisions or the wrong decisions. We the same as Saul, the, 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 the opportunity is given to you, it's handed to you. You need to make a decision whether you do what God wanted you to do or you push it away. Saul a lot of times rejected. And when we consider in the light of who we are and what we are before Jesus Christ, what we were before he found us, we all started out the same way. We was all on the same road to hell. But I, I'm so glad that the song says the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And there are a lot of different ways and, and different lifestyles at the foot of the cross. Uh, uh, but all of us at the foot of the cross are sinners. We got it right. We call on Him. And from that point on, we began the same way. The Bible tells us that we can finish right. Paul said, I, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Every one of us in here tonight, we can finish right. There are a lot of good potential of people in this room tonight that we may bring glory to God, give honor to God. But Saul wasted his potential. Let me just say this. We should not waste the potential that God has given us to give God the glory, to bring God the honor, and that we be better off being what God wants us to be instead of what we want to be. It was a wasted performance. Saul had the opportunity after opportunity to do the right thing. Every one of us in here is faced with a lot of choices in life. In fact, every day you're faced with a choice. We're faced with the decisions to make in life. We're, we've come to the fork in the road. It is a decision time. How are we going to act? How are we going to perform? We're, we're going to uh, do it our own way, what I feel like I want to do it, uh, or are you going to do it what God says to do? We've got decisions to make in our life as we're going down the road of life. Saul had every opportunity to do the right thing. He had the man of God, the prophet of God, the word of God. He had the opportunity to do the right thing, but Saul rejected the Word of God and missed the opportunities to perform right. Let us remember that we have choices in our life that we need to make. And there's circumstances and there's consequences for every choice that you make tonight. 
we see there was a wasted partnership. King Saul was introduced to a lowly shepherd boy by the name of David. And God's hand was on David. Saul was the first king of Israel and was chosen by God to lead the people. However, he became jealous of David. He was a young shepherd warrior. He had gained much of the favor with the people. They would sing the praises of David. Saul feared that David would potentially take over the kingdom, and he did. Saul sought to eliminate David. He made several attempts on David's life. He threw spears at him, sending him on dangerous missions. Because the way Saul acted towards David, we see why Saul ended up the way he ended up. And the same can be for you and I tonight if we do the same thing to each other. Having Jesus on your side, you'll make the right decisions. I don't think I've come to be negative tonight. I, I'm not. But we need to hear this. The young people need to hear. The old people need it. And everybody in between needs to hear this. Just for a few minutes preaching on this thought of tragedy of a wasted life. I, I, don't, I don't want to waste the opportunities that I have. I, I don't want to wait, wait till my life is a shipwreck. I'm, I'm not exempt. You're not exempt. Just because I'm a preacher, I'm not exempt from being a shipwreck. I'm not exempt from wasted opportunities in life. I, I need the Lord and I need the touch of the Lord in my life. I don't want to waste the opportunities that God has given me. I, I may have started out bad. I may have started out the wrong way. In depravity of sin and on my way to hell. But through God, God and His Son, He's given us the great opportunities. And what we do with them, will they determine your future tonight? Won't you look at his condition, verse 5 and verse 6. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid. And his heart quickly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him, Not neither by dreams, nor by Yom, or by prophets. And then we know that God spoke by dreams. And we know God spoke by prophets. He spoke the word of God. But Saul was, getting, was not getting anything from the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. He prayed unto God. He used all the religious means of that day in order to get a hold of God. And he did not hear anything from God. What, what has happened to Samuel, Saul's life? Judgment has finally come his way. The godly influence of Samuel in his life is no longer there. He's dead. And the Philistines were ready to, 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 for battle against Israel. 
God had cut himself off from Saul. And all the walls of Saul's life were coming in on top of him. There was no way to nowhere to run. There was no way to hide. He could not manipulate people anymore. There was nobody to deceive anymore. The walls were closing in on his life. And all the decisions that he had made in life now have caught up with him. The Bible tells us, be sure your sins will find you out. Listen, think about that verse for a minute. Let it sink in your heart. It ought to scare you. There are times that I've done what I've done that I didn't want to do, and I don't want anybody to know the things that I've done. And, and if you're honest, there's some things that you've done in your life that you would not want anybody in this room to even know what you've done or even what you thought or what would have crossed your heart. You don't want anybody to know that. But there, there is a God in heaven that sees everything that you do. Every word you say, every word that you think, everything that passes through your mind, there's a God in heaven that knows that. That ought to scare you. You may fool me and I may fool you, but you cannot fool God. God knows you. That, that is what happens in Saul's life. God had nothing to say to him anymore. What a sad place to be where God will not speak to you anymore. In the time of Saul's need, in the time of hurt and pain and suffering. And then he declares, God has departed from me. The Bible tells us that God's spirit will not always thrive with man. God doesn't have to tell you or me anything. But I'm so glad he does speaks to us. I'm thankful that we had a, uh, the word. I'm thankful we have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. God wants to dwell with us and fellowship with us. But listen, he doesn't have to tell you anything. We don't deserve what God has done for us already. But he does because we belong to him. Saul declared God had departed from him. He had inquired of the Lord. He had gone through all the religious mechanics ways trying to get God's attention. But there was one ingredient that was missing in Saul's life that we don't see or read about it, and that's repentance. If you want to get God's attention, if you want to get God's ear, start repenting. Start repenting. Just be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Lord, I, I, I made the mistake. I, I did this. I, God already knows. Just, just be honest with God. I did this. We see the condition of his heart's been revealed. He, he, he was willing to do all this religious stuff. But he was not willing to repent. I find that's the case today in a lot of people's lives today. They're willing to, willing to go through all the religious stuff. Well, I, I go to church, I read my Bible, I've been baptized, but you never ever repented of your sins. And God has not heard nothing you've said. 
God has not spoken to you. Why? Because you have not repented of the sins in your life. There are are people today that are trying to use this dead religion rather than just repent. If I I can do this, if I can do that, if I can work this way and I can do that, I I feel God will hear me. God will never hear you until you repent of your sins. There's actually no work that you can do. All the work has been done. All you got to do is accept the one that done the work for you. Why, why wouldn't Saul repent? Why wouldn't he? He, he? he understood he had the prophet of God there in his ear all the time. Why would not Saul repent? Because it, re, it reveals really what he thought about God and what he thought about himself. Why won't, he, why, why won't a person repent? One word, pride. They're so full of themselves and there's no room for God in their life. I I think about the silence of God. You know, there's times in the Bible where God uh, spoke to his people. He spoke through the prophets and and they had the word of God. There's times in the Bible God kept silent. Jesus stood before Herod and opened not his mouth. He was silent. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to be silent in my life. I I want God to speak to me. I I, I want God to have something to say to me. You you know what it's like when you prayed and you've been reading your Bible and you're seeking an answer from God and it seems like you're getting nowhere and and it just seems like, why, why am I going through this? Why am I doing it? God, why don't you answer me? Then there's times it seems like God just speaks to you just like that. I don't know why. Maybe God is trying to challenge us to get closer to him. But never let it be said that God will not speak to his people. Because he will speak to us. It's a terrible condition that we find Saul in a wasted life condition that we can see. And I, and I challenge you, look around in your family, look in your family and see those that have wasted lives in their family members that you love and care about. They're wasting their lives away. And what are we doing? Are we setting the example? Are we giving encouragement? Are we telling people? We see the condition. We see his character. Verse number seven. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me, a, seek me a woman that has familiar spirit. Let me stop there. Saul knew better. How many times you've done something that you did and you knew better not to do it? But you did it anyway. Saul knew that he was. Now God permitted it. God didn't want it. In fact, Saul was the one to put him out of the land. But here's this, you know. Seek me a woman that has a familiar, familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit indoor. And Saul disguised, can I say this? Let me say this. 
You can come in here with all kinds of disguises. I may recognize you or I may not recognize you. And I can come in here with disguises and you may or may not recognize me, but I don't care what you put on, what you try to cover up, God will always see you. You are an open book to God. God knows exactly who you are, no matter where you're at. You can put on a wig and take off a wig. You can put on a dress. God still knows who you are. So he disguised himself and put on another raiment. And he went and two men with him. They came to the woman by night and she said, I pray thee divine unto me, divine unto me by, by the familiar spirit and bring me him up. Whom shall the name unto thee? Whom shall I name it? No, Saul knows exactly what he's doing. This, this is not an accident. We, we can't say that well, this just, just this happened. This was a plan out sin by Saul. He disguised himself. He knew where he was going to see. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And he did that, he done exactly what he intended to do and to go out and seek out to do. That's what he did. He said he disguised himself and put on other raiment and went to two men with him. And they came to the woman by night because he knew what he was doing was wrong. Isn't that amazing that we do our worst sin at night? Come on, let's be honest. It's that nighttime that really gets us in our sin. We, don't, we, we put on some different arraignment and garments during the daytime, but buddy, when that sun goes down, we switch them out, we put on something else. We're disguising ourselves somewhere else. Well, I'll go to the bar. Nobody will recognize me there. You can go three counties over. I don't care where you go. God still recognizes you. Amen. You can be in somebody else's house and somebody else's bed. God still knows who you are. You may be disguising somebody else, but God knows who you are. And the Bible tells us not to get messed up with those that practice sorcery or witchcraft or consulting mediums or of familiar spirits. So to cover his action, he disguised himself. Like I said, you can disguise yourself from me, and I can disguise myself from you, but you cannot disguise, disguise yourself from God. What we do in the dark will soon be revealed by the light. Amen. It, 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 it was so that put the mandate on these people that are not supposed to be there, but yet now he's seeking out those things that he knew God said no. How many times have we seek out something that God forbidden us to do, yet we sought it out and kind of embraced it, just like Saul did? He's seeking counsel from someone that he was forbidden to seek. Why do we do the things that we do sometimes? Listen, we have the Bible, we got the church, we have preaching. Why is it that when we get into trouble like Saul did, we start looking around all the other avenues? We start looking for some other answer than that of God. He looked around. He saw the enemy was around him. He felt like it was at the end of his rope. He had no other choice. 
And at that time in his life, he moved away from the counsel of God. And I, and I think that's the time in our life when we seem like the enemy is coming inside of us and, and, and just encamped around us and the world is falling apart. That's when we start seeking counsel from other than God. We have the people of God, the Bible, the Word of God that influences the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us that helps us and directs us. Saul was not repenting. That's why he's in the trouble he's in. He looked for another way. And all this began with the decision that he made. And he went with the decision that he chose. You'll be better off in your life if you pray and ask God. Which way should I go? What do I need to do? And can I say don't get in a hurry because God don't always answer right then and there. But I would not move till God does say move. Amen. Listen, this woman knew the penalty of what she was doing. But Saul, in verse 10, said, Saul swore by her, by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. When Samuel was alive, he instructed Saul, and there's times he would turn his back. God said, Destroy all the Amalekites. But Saul spared King Agag. God knew that they would come back and utterly hindrance the growth of God's people and the movement of God's people. There are things that God tells you that you need to get out of your life and it may hurt, but sometimes we don't want to, but God says it will hinder your walk with me if you don't get it out of your life. And when you stop obeying God, when God says get that stuff out of your life and you don't obey God, that's when you're going to have problems and that's when God will depart from you because you will not listen to Him. Saul refused to tell himself no. You know, that's the hardest person to tell no is you. Well, I can tell everybody else no real quick. I cannot... Well, you, you, you put up a little pint of butter pecan ice cream in front of me, I'll give you the world. I can't say no to that. When self says, I want some, I'm going to get it. I know I don't need it, but I'm going to get it. Now, everybody else, I'll tell you, no, you don't need that. You don't need that. Stay away from that. That's no good for you. He never submitted his will to God's will. And he paid a high price for it. Saul did not respect the man of God when he was alive. Now he's trying to desperately seek help because God has departed from him. Now he's gone to a woman for familiar spirit. We don't realize the value of a spiritual opportunity sometimes we have until it's too late. 
You may disagree with it or not. I don't care. But in this area, in this town, I believe we've got the best church rocking. That's just my opinion. And I believe that with all my heart. God uses this church to be a, a blessing, to help people. But there's going to be a day that we'll be able to look back. Man, didn't we have it good? Didn't we have it good then? Boy, that, them were some good times, some good times. This is enjoyment times, good time. Don't take for granted what God has given you now. The opportunity that God has given you, don't take it for granted. Don't waste the opportunity God has given you today. We see his condemnation. Verse 19, Moreover, the Lord also delivered Israel unto thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow thou shalt and thy sons be with thee. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the land's hands of the Philistines. The judgment of God is upon him. When a man denies the word of God, he will be given over to all kinds of spiritual deceptions. How can the things that are going on in the church today, I don't know. They have been deceived. They're mocked. They believe in a lie. Because I believe it's because we've gotten away from the Word of God. And it's not only in the churches, but it's in our homes today. The Word of God is not prevalent there. Just because the church looked good, it doesn't mean it is good. If God is not part of it, then it's not a church. There is a rejection of the truth, and there will be a day that man will believe a lie and be damned, the Bible tells us. And I believe we're there now. I believe we're there now. When you reject the Word of God, there is death. You know the difference between Saul and David, although David's sins may have been greater? The biggest difference between Saul and David was David repented. David knew he did something wrong, and he repented to God. But you never, ever find Saul repenting of the things that he did. And it's a tragedy of a wasted life that some had the greatest potential that it could be to serve God. Don't, don't be a waste of life in serving God. God is God, I, I'm telling you, God has got a thing for you to do, a place for you to be. He wants you to do things. He wants you to get closer to Him. But don't, don't waste the opportunities that God has placed before you. Because they may not always be there. And you're going to lose out. You'll lose out. Amen. Amen. 